Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Happy 2023. Yeah, 2023. The, and you're the land of the orange right now. I am. I I am in uh, the last few days of my uh, my trip out to see my mom in, in lovely Orange County, California. Uh, the weather's been miserable basically the entire time I've been here. Um, and yes, I, the argument can be made that the coldest cold here is is you know harkens back to the very end of summer in Toronto. It's way colder in Toronto. The difference being in Toronto, they build for weather. Yeah, they don't do that here. I've been colder here <laughs> inside every building than I've been in Toronto the entire winter with snow. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's just been gloomy and this is not what you come to California for. So, and there's been a, it hasn't been the, the best trip out here. There's been all kinds of whatever, but such is life. Here we are. And it's what makes us grumpy, right? So adversity, God damn it. <laughs> seriously oh it can't be sunshine and unicorns all the time be nice if it was every now and then <laughs> every now and again would be nice yes <laughs> mm. but we take what we can get we take what we can get we do so uh since the last episode i've still been off twitter it's been lovely i i noticed that you're you're very much on instagram though you you send me reels the same way that people used to forward emails back in the 90s that's fun i just <laughs> sitting on the crapper what the hell that doesn't take it's, it doesn't have the same cognitive load as Twitter does, you know, <laughs> that's true. But I found this article called In Praise of Real Not Tweetable Conversations by John Steinberg. Mm -hmm. uh, this is over at I believe this is the information. It's a really good article. It's short, but it talks about how, you know, you can have conversations with people and actually learn things and change people's minds. It's kind of nice. Isn't that what we do here? Is it? Not really. <laughs> I guess I mean, when was the last time we, one of us changed our mind? Well, uh, no, we've been pretty good about that. Actually, over the years, I think we'd find out that uh, we've had a pretty good track record about changing each other's minds. We're just both stubborn and it takes two to three years yeah. of harping on a topic. <laughs> Strong opinions held on with a death grip. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, but look, I came around to regulation. Uh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um I I've scaled back all my social media considerably. I, I've made a few posts since I've been back home, but that's mostly just checking it old old haunts and things like that. Um, I really don't miss social media very much. Surprising, isn't it? Yeah, or maybe not. It's just it's not the same anymore. I mean, I think we've talked about that. You know, as soon as they started messing around with the algorithm and based it on ads and pushing things from companies and, and organizations and uh, scaled back on actually, you know, seeing your friends posts, then friends stopped posting and people started disappearing. And it was a reverse feedback loop, or actually it was a feedback loop of suck yeah. that really caught on. And, and they've ruined their own products now. There's no doubt about it. So it's 2023. We started the show in 2013. Mm -hmm. And I think we've been bitching about algorithmic feeds since uh, probably before we actually started the show. So mm -hmm. uh, maybe, maybe it's time for us to just, yeah, maybe it's time for us to just get over it. What do you think? Well, it only yeah, took us 10 I, years. I think so. Yeah. Or, you know, the social media companies will die. Well, yeah. Seems, I mean, I when I do 
peek into Twitter to just, you know, take a quick gander at the news or whoever's posting whatever, it is a ghost town compared to the way it used to be. It definitely is. I guess everybody's too busy over at Mastodon. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. Trying to figure out how to fucking make it work. <laughs> In the news. I'm going to bring us in, but I just want to make a note. I forgot about this as we were setting to record. We are coming up on Disneyland fireworks time. So if you hear any loud pops and bangs in the background, uh, I'm I'm a stone's throw away from Disneyland. Those will be the fireworks going off. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Hey, it's better than, the, better than garbage trucks, right? <laughs> That's true. And airplanes. <laughs> All right. And dogs and babies. Well, speaking of uh, Twitter and social media and uh, the much ado about nothing that is going on, I don't know if when you, the few times that you've popped in, you've noticed uh, one of the big new feature counts that uh, Elon Musk rolled out, which is literally a view count of how many times your tweet has been seen, which was available before, to be fair. You just had to dig for it. Right. And you could only, I think, see your own stuff, not other people's. But now you can see the number of views on anybody's tweet. And uh, the TLDR on this? Nobody gives a crap. Nope. <laughs> You're, you, are, you are farting into the wind on Twitter, basically. <laughs> so he had hoped that this would show how alive the site is. And there's this really great article over on Slate that kind of like it, it It went through, let's look at view counts on some notable big tweets that have happened versus real life events. Okay, so Barack Obama shares his favorite music of the year on December 24th, uh, 34,500,000 views, which is equivalent to the last 30 minutes of the 2022 World Cup final, which drew 33 million viewers. Mm -hmm. Greta Thunberg's uh, epic takedown of Andrew Tate, uh, December 28th. Views 187,400,000, which is the equivalent of two Super Bowls. And of course, Elon Musk asking if he should step down as the head of Twitter on December 18th, which had a huge count as well. And I seem to have clopped that out and I can't be bothered to go figure it out. Yeah. It's in the article in our show. It was notes. huge. But huge. the point being, <laughs> the point being, views are massive, but they are often accompanied by a comparatively paltry number of interactions. So we are. We are all posting and people are seeing it and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, but there is very little to no interaction whatsoever. Yeah, you figure two Super Bowls worth of views on a tweet. So you think about that. How much money does the Super Bowl make on that many eyeballs? Hundreds of millions of dollars, Jason. Yes, hundreds of millions of dollars more than Twitter, apparently. So Well, let, let's let's talk quickly about the lack of money that Twitter is making and, and their their Cost cutting mechanisms, as we discussed, which is to basically lie, cheat, steal, and not pay people. Mm -hmm. Twitter is currently being sued for not paying their San Francisco office rent. Wait, wait, wait. Did Elon buy Twitter or did Trump buy Twitter? I'm confused. Same, same, same playbook, it seems. Same, same okay. at this point. Just checking. Yeah. Stakes or Teslas? You pick. Okay. Uh, California Property Trust, the owner of the building that houses Twitter headquarters, is suing Elon Musk's social media company for failing to pay $136,000 in rent. According to a December 13th New York Times report, they had in recent weeks stopped paying rent on all of their global offices to save on costs. I don't know if he I also feel the need to <laughs> – yeah. well, you know, I, I, as, I as a normal individual would enjoy saving on costs as well. So I believe I would just stop paying my mortgage to do that. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, why not, right? Then you too can be the richest man They also man face the a lawsuit. <laughs> Well, you can. It's really easy to save and make a lot of money if you'd never pay anybody for anything. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. 
Yep. So there you go. And fire all your employees. So, another asshole move. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, since we ha- we have a lot of fines in this uh, episode today, which always makes me a little bit happy here, uh, Meta just got dinged for $414 million for um, mm-hmm. uh, basically have, letting personal ads be run when they weren't supposed to be run. And it kind of basically what they do is they took the um, the rules and shoved everything into their uh, what do you call it, the privacy policy, right? Or the right. terms, terms and conditions mm-hmm. privacy policy, interchangeable, same shit, different day. Well, uh, it apparently is uh, against GDPR. So you can't do that, which I thought was rather interesting since, you know, it says terms of service on it. You should be able to do that. But apparently they don't like it over there. So bing, 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 ding, 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 $414 million, <laughs> which for Meta right now is actually a lot of money. It's 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 becoming increasingly more significant. Yeah, as every day goes by. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Meta still could be. Uh, I I just don't know what they're going to do. They they could still be a very viable company if they would just stop pouring what little money they have left into the the leg the leggy metaverse. Yeah, that nobody cares about. Nope, that nobody gives yeah. a shit about. So yeah, it's 450 million people that they service in the EU over there, or a, mm-hmm. a, a total addressable audience of 450 million. <laughs> let's just let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, so, but they have to fix right. their system, and they just don't even know how they're going to do that at this point, I guess. Um, so they could lose up to seven percent of their overall advertising revenue, which would be pretty, you know, because. Figure what how 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 considering yeah. that ad, <laughs> like, yeah considering how bad advertising revenue is doing at the begin uh, at the the moment anyways mm-hmm. uh, to lose some just because you couldn't match GDPR requirements is uh, that's that's going to hurt that's definitely going to hurt uh, this one's going to hurt Coinbase a little bit too they just got dinged for a hundred million dollars speaking of shit nobody cares yeah. about <laughs> fifty million goes to Bitcoin. the New York State Department of Financial Services so I'm sure they're going to be really happy about that windfall mm-hmm. and the other the other ding is they're required to spend fifty million dollars on improving their compliance program. Brian, we need to go into the compliance program business because if they're getting spending $50 million on it, I'll take a cut of that. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely take a cut of that. <laughs> uh, so basically they're saying – Coinbase is saying that, well, you know, we had a really good year and that we had a lot of growth. And, uh, well, you know, we, we contract out that whole compliance thing. You know, they're not real employees. It's third party. You know how it goes, Brian. <laughs> So, yeah, I know they're not. Yeah, I don't want to pay for their health insurance and I don't want to you know, have to pay overtime or training, follow any pesky regulations or rules for employees. And, you know, who really cares about compliance anyway? Oh, you care about compliance? <laughs> oh, shit. And you're suing us? Oh, no. Yep. Yep. Oops. Uh, so, yeah, they did not have a big enough staff to uh, keep up with the compliance needs. But Coinbase did lay off 18 percent of its workforce, which was 1,100 people back in June because the CEO said, said that they overhired. Mm-hmm. So they needed to to dial it back. Yeah, maybe they could have just, I don't know, maybe trained these people to be compliance officers because there's a lot of nasty stuff they got through. And it's just a massive backlog. I mean, we're talking over 100,000 transactions that they couldn't even verify. So it's like, oh, dear. Are you telling me, are you telling me <laughs> that a company that is entirely based on uh, completely unregulated financial markets let illegal things go through 
Brian, I know, I know it doesn't I just sound find, true. I find but that I know. I, I find that hard to believe, Jason. It's incredulous in this yes. day and age. <laughs> my God, the Coinbase isn't even. I, I mean, Coinbase isn't going anywhere. They're the biggest, but they're going to be firing a lot more people. Coins are dead. They're just dead. Yeah, seems to be that way. Crypto's dead. There's no coming back, yeah. man. There's no coming back. You're not even going to the moon anymore. You're just trying to land in the ocean. And Apple got fined from France. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they got a tiny one. They only got an eight and a half million dollar fine by doing kind of a similar thing that Meta was doing with their advertising and figuring out how that works. But uh, at least with France, what they did was they tried to figure out how many people were actually going to be affected in France and then give the mm-hmm. you know the fine accordingly. Since this wasn't you know right. the whole EU going after them, it was just France. So they they got the coffee creamer fine. Only right. eight and a half million. Come on, yeah. That's like three seconds. Look, I mean, I, I think every company has been trying to figure out what to do with the declining uh, ad revenue, internet-based ad revenue, since, you know, suddenly people seem to have cottoned on to the fact that it was all a sham anyways. And uh, we're seeing a lot of tricky business going on as people are trying desperately to save ad, ad revenues. Mm-hmm. So like I'm us. I'm not surprised. <laughs> we are yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Like us. Yeah. Jason at GrumpyOldGeeks.com if you want to buy some cheaper ads because we got some openings. Come on through. We'll give you a discount. Yeah, we've got <laughs> openings. Come on over. Uh, so Tesla's had some bad news, and I'm not just talking about their falling uh, stock price. <sighs> Again, a company that, um, okay, yes, the stock was definitely inflated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would argue it's a buy right now, except for the fact that uh, Elon Musk is running the fucking company still. If they got rid of him, if he stepped down, is he really though? <laughs> well, is he really? Yes, uh, he's definitely joined the school of Jack. I was getting ready to I say he's Jack in this one. <laughs> none of which I pay attention to. Yep. Uh, te- you know, all Tesla has to do is is push him out and put a real CEO in place, and their stock will skyrocket again. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they've got some other problems as well because, according to Bloomberg, the NLRB. Tampa regional director filed a complaint against the automaker in September for breaking the law when it told employees not to discuss their pay with other people, illegal, and not to talk about the termination of another employee, also illegal, unless you've signed an NDA. In addition, based on filing the news organization obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request, they repeatedly told employees not to complain to higher level managers about their working conditions. Well, then who the fuck are you going to complain now that for? My job is being, <laughs> now that my job is being a higher level manager, I wish that uh, somebody in my company would tell employees not to complain to me too. <laughs> yeah, I thought shit <laughs> rolled be uphill. Nice. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of problems there. Uh, some good news actually for Tesla, but the market, of course, being what the market is, doesn't really think so. They delivered over 405,000 vehicles in the fourth quarter of 2022, which is a new company record. And all of them are at the Whole Foods on the corner. Every single one of them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I keep saying it's a solid company. It's the fucking CEO that's dragging it down right now. And it is, of course, short of Wall Street estimates. Why is it short of Wall Street estimates? Again, the cult of Elon that dri- drove it up in the first place. Get that guy out. Put an actual person in charge that knows what they're doing. And it's a decent company again. God damn it. Well, it's somebody who could spend, you know, the whole day at work. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, not walking through the office with a sink and claiming you're sleeping in a tent in Twitter's offices and that you're not paying rent for. Yeah, and, uh, and did you see the new? He's a fucking squatter. He, 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 actually, he is. Well, I guess you know when you when you are well, in San Francisco, 
that's kind of it. I wonder how much man poo is around the office at Tesla. I mean, at uh, Twitter now because they did fire the janitorial staff. Right. So there must. I think they're, they're they are embracing the San Francisco ethic of being homeless and crapping everywhere. That's it. Well, I've got another fine for you. Grubhub has been ordered to pay three point five million dollars to settle a Washington D.C. deceptive practices lawsuit. Uh, for charging customers hidden fees and using deceptive marketing techniques. Uh, basically, they offered things like unlimited free delivery, but still charged a service fee. Yeah, yeah. So not so much unlimited free delivery. That is definitely false pretenses. They've also accused the company of listing 1,000 restaurants in the area without their permission by using numbers that route to Grubhub workers or creating websites without their eateries' consent. Oh, God. Thank God. I'm glad they got dinged for that. But only $3.5 for that? Because that, I remember we covered that when that happened. But- no, da, 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 da. Jason, oh. keep in mind, this is only Washington, D.C. And now that this went through oh. and they've had to pay up, you want you want to tell me other cities aren't lining up to do this? Oh, goody, goody gun drops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got some government news on the tick of the talk. I feel like we've been talking about the government banning TikTok for a very long time. Donald Trump was still in office when we started talking about oh, God, this. Yes. Oracle was going to get involved and then Microsoft and none of that ever happened. And billions of dollars have been spent and lawyers have been fattened up and bought wonderful houses all based on something that uh, took almost four years for anything to happen. And all that's happened at this point is TikTok will be outlawed on now, get this. It says almost all devices issued by federal governments after lawmakers passed the bill. Almost. Almost all devices. Mm-hmm. But the bill carved out exceptions for elected officials, congressional staff, law enforcement agents, and other officials. That sounds like an awful lot of people. That's a, that's a, it's a hefty chunk. That's a chunk? That's a hefty chunk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, not really. <laughs> if you happen to be a janitor at the White House... You don't get TikTok. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have to be an elected official to be able to talk anymore. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jiminy. Uh, Salesforce is also cutting uh, cutting some people. Oh, about 7,000 of them Mm -hmm. will be uh, let go, which is about 10% of its workforce, surprisingly. I'm still not entirely clear what they even do. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As far as I can tell, it's just basically a MySQL database with, you know, a hefty price tag. Yeah. But now they also own Slack. Don't forget, they do own Slack. Mm-hmm. Yes. Overpaid on that one a little bit. <laughs> That's not going well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, we got Salesforce, 7,000 here. Amazon is actually going to lay off 18,000 people instead of the, I think they called, they were going to do 10,000 before. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they're moving it up to 18,000, which is probably 0.01% of Amazon's workforce at this point, because <laughs> it seems like everybody, at this point, yeah. everybody works at Amazon nowadays. But yeah, the hits keep on coming with all the layoffs and uh, I'm putting all these in here because we did talk about this when everybody was quiet quitting or, you know, moving on the great resignation. Yeah. Now it's like the, oh, great, we're fucked <laughs> instead of, <laughs> hey, do I get another job offer now? No, you don't. No, you don't. No. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and it's time to fuel up with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? 
Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. This may supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices, spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
candy. Speaking of Amazon, I watched a show on Amazon before uh, the holidays and right before I came over here called Good Rivals, which is the a three-part documentary about the uh, rivalry between the U.S. men's national soccer team and the Mexico men's national soccer team. If you're interested in soccer, this was a lot of fun. It was great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I needed something after the World Cup ended to keep the soccer Jones going. So that did the trick. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't put out a new Ted Lasso to coincide with the World Cup. That seems like it would have been a no-brainer, but... They definitely effed the timing on that. I agree. Yeah, I think they <laughs> they should they should do another good rivals maybe season two where they go against the they have the rivalry between the U.S. men's soccer team and the U.S. women's soccer team. That might be a good one. I think they mostly sorted that out financially. So oh, that's good to be getting along these days. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And I've got my uh, not drunk but cranky on a plane uh, movie reviews really quickly uh, as I sat and waited for four hours on the tarmac, but thankfully yeah. be beat the blizzard out and actually did make it here. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I ended up getting in three full movies because of the delay and everything else. Um, first up, I watched Nope. What'd you think? Uh, nope. I loved it. <laughs> I, d I don't get I don't get why people loved it. I don't know. I just it was I loved okay. It. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was. I mean, it, it wasn't like you it know was, a barn burner, but I thought it was good. I, thought I laughed. I chuckled. It was quirky and was fine. It was. Uh, I don't know. I just I found it very boring. Okay. Then I watched uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh God! This is the one where they brought back the original cast in a desperate attempt for nostalgia and getting people into seats. Don't know why they bothered. So that's a nope too. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a nope. All right. <laughs> it was fucking stupid and derivative and lame. Okay. And finally, I watched 3,000 Years of Longing. Okay. Yep. That's a yep. That was fun. Okay. That was quirky and weird, and I can't really even talk about it without spoiling it, but uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. All right. I'll, it was a good time. I'll add that one to the <laughs> queue for sure. Yeah. And a little follow-up on 1899. Uh, I forget who wrote in, but uh, gave us a very long diatribe of how terrible 1899 was. And apparently everyone thought so because Netflix has canceled season two. So you will not be getting... Yes, even Netflix agrees. Yes, Netflix agrees. <laughs> the algorithm agrees. <laughs> um, but a big yep for Slow Horses season two. I am so happy with that show. It is so good. And it has been renewed for two more seasons. I think season three is already in the can and they're going to start shooting season four soon. All right. They're trying to push these ones out faster because it's a short season. It's only six episodes. So you can, you know, you can binge the whole thing like, you know, in a day if you're pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. I just love that show. It is so it is hands down the best spy TV series probably ever made because it's just so damn good. <laughs> what wasn't good, though, was Treason with Charlie Cox. Mm hmm. Saw this one. It's a mini. It was a mini series on again on Netflix. Some of the worst writing I've seen in a television show in a very long time. Uh, the uh, continuity was really terrible. All in all, I give this um, three man poos. I give this three man poos. It was <laughs> terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Thank God he's got that daredevil thing to fall back on. Yeah. Have we got any news? Are they bringing it back or not? They are bringing it back. Uh, I saw a poster, at least for it, and an announcement that it's coming back. So he's he's not just going to be shagging She-Hulk. Okay, he's getting his own show again. All right. Now just bring back Jessica Jones with uh, with Ritter. Yeah, and I'll be seriously, happy. seriously. They can bring back the Punisher too. The Punisher was fantastic. All of those were good, except for what was that? Except for Iron Fist. Iron, yeah, that, oh, that was not good. That was not good. Um, did watch uh, <laughs> Knives Out, Glass Onion. 
Oh my god. Okay. Excellent. I thought it was better than the first one. Okay. I'll have to watch it. Ryan, what's his last name? Ryan something. The guy, the guy that destroyed Star Wars. The guy that destroyed Star Wars. Yeah, yeah that guy. That we'll guy. just go with that. We'll just go with the guy that destroyed Star Wars. Yeah. Kind of redeemed. The guy that himself. ruined Star Wars. Yeah, yeah he kind of redeemed himself for okay. me on this. He should stick to. He should stick to this genre. Did he kill Harrison Ford in this one too? Oh wait, no, he died in the first movie. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw an article uh, called "The Great Podcasting Market Correction" over at Bloomberg. And uh, mm-hmm. they're talking about how all of these huge deals for podcasts are going away now because everybody's figured out that they overpaid, which really makes me sad. Not that it's going away. I'm glad that it's going away because fuck all these carpetbaggers. It's that we never got overpaid. We never got overpaid. <laughs> that's what really pisses me <laughs> off. And now it's gone. So, but that's fine. We'll yeah. be here. We'll still be here. You know, um, all these guys that spent all this money crash and burn. Be my guest. We know you overpaid. Yeah. You know how much it costs us to do this show? Well, you know, also, you know how much we make on the show. It's definitely not in the same ballpark. Low numbers. But, <laughs> right. But it, we're profitable compared to most podcasts out there in, in the, these ranges. Um, I saw the guy at Q-Code thought he was going to get $100 million for his company. I'm like, you're a podcast company, dude. You got like seven shows. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Amazon said the same thing. Go fuck yourself. Um, all these companies have cut all their deals way back. So if you didn't have a check in hand, good luck getting one now. Good riddance. Ups and doodads. You'll be happy to hear, Jason, that uh, there were there were a couple new deliveries that I've just taken. Uh, I bought while I was here in the U.S. because they're cheaper. Uh, I haven't had the chance to set them up yet, but I, I do have a brand new sitting in a box Apple MacBook Air M1. All right. Can't wait. You didn't get Can't the you didn't get, get the that. new You'll one? Be... You didn't get the M2? Oh, sorry. No, the, the M2. Okay. My bad. The, <laughs> my the newest God. of the new. Yes. <laughs> like, please. In midnight. It's it's beautiful, and I can't wait to get that up and running. I'm curious to hear how it works with the fingerprints. I heard the fingerprints were really bad on it, but um, it looks cool. I oh, want one. Uh, yeah. It's not even out of the box yet, so I'm going to figure all that out uh, before I get on the plane so I can just shove them all in my backpack. Cool. I also got the new uh, MacBook Air uh, uh, iPad. My brain is not working. iPad. Uh, So that's great because uh, my son has basically taken over my old iPad. So I need a new one. Anything else? And I've also got the new... uh, the new Apple TV, oh. the with the with the uh, rebo- robust remote, yes, that I'm very excited about. So, I'll be taking that and swapping out the one that never seems to work properly in my basement. Yeah, I've got three of the new ones, and they're fantastic. It's like I'm never getting anything else. Yeah, that's just it's such a great way to watch TV. It's so it's so much like I, my uh, my my brother in law has Roku, and he always brings it down with him. Uh, so over the holidays, he had it plugged into my mom's TV, and it's just like such a janky service. I'm like, that's so inelegant. But much more portable than the Apple TV. Yeah, it is. What was it? Just a Roku stick? Yeah, yeah. They have bigger versions that have more horsepower in them. But um, the thing is, it's like they don't have any decent like transcoding, you know, horsepower. And the CPUs are like tiny little things. And at least the, you know, the Apple TV is like beefy. It's a workhorse. You know, it's basically an iPhone with a remote control, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And I've got I've got Roku TVs everywhere. I got an Amazon Fire TV, that giant monster. All of them, two or one, <laughs> all have Apple TVs plugged into them because all of the built-in stuff is just garbage, garbage. Yeah. So that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. You had a you had a day at the Apple yeah. store. How nice. I did. I Using did. that friend discount. 
Yep. Yep. Of course. I used the friend discount and came to the US. So like I, I I'm like thousands of Canadian dollars ahead right Excellent. now. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um in, in other sad Apple news, Dark Sky is officially dead. Sad. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, that was coming for a long time. I know, yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like, oh God, it's so far out, it's never gonna happen, and then it does happen. But I have to say that the new weather app is really nice. They did take some of the best stuff from Dark Sky and actually improved on it. So that's actually a plus. Yeah. So I think so too. It's 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 fine. I'll miss you, Dark Sky, but I welcome my new overlord. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can check every five seconds when uh, when it's going to stop raining here. Uh, <laughs> doesn't seem to work all that great, at least for the timing. It's not as good as Dark Sky was. I saw this on the news here because this was kind of a major thing. Basically, this this couple drove their car off a cliff, which, you know, in and of itself is pretty insane. And they survived. Mm-hmm. And the uh, their new iPhone emergency SOS over satellite actually worked. And they were able to get rescued. Amazing. It was just amazing. Okay. Totally amazing. That's great. So uh, it was just – and I saw the phone. They had pictures of the phone on the news when they uh, – after they crashed. That thing was just jacked up. But they survived and they were rescued pretty quickly. So I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good story. That's awesome. I've got a lot of articles here in the apps and doodad section that I'm just going to gloss over real quick mm-hmm. because there's. Let's face it, we're tired. We're extraordinarily tired. This is after the holidays and all. Um, I've been I've been going on a a really deep dive into the generative AI stuff just to kind of mm-hmm. learn the landscape of it. So I've got some. Uh, interesting things in here because the, the fun part for me is just to watch how artists, photographers, basically everybody is saying, keep my shit out of your data set. And there are yeah. places now where you can you go and register and say, hey, don't put my stuff in there. But since half this crap's open source now, it's like, uh, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I have not, I have not uh, installed any of those yet, like stable diffusion or anything like that. I have not put those on my machine yet, but I probably will at some point soon just because it's kind of fun to play with. I still love Midjourney. I like I love just having it to be able to pop in and play around. And uh, there's a, there's a cool article that I'm going to dig up and put in the show notes uh, on LinkedIn, where somebody's going through and uh, basically talking to a lot of these quote unquote AI artists, uh, basically typists, you know, prompters, as it were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's just kind of fun to hear their 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 stories about it and see some of the stuff that they've put out. Because like I said, my friend Bill is just like killing it with it. I don't know how he's getting people with 10 fingers and I, I he's got some secret sauce, I guess, because I can't get anything with less than 47 fingers to come out if there's a hand involved. Sometimes even when there's not a hand, it'll just throw in some extra fingers for shits and giggles. But right. uh, yeah, if you, you want to check out any of these links, I'll throw them in here because they're uh, – they're, they're, they might be a little long in the tooth at this point because I've been adding them in here for two weeks. <laughs> um, but Oh, but we do have the news that John Carmack has finally quit Meta um, and said, you know, screw you guys, I'm going home because they just can't get it together <laughs> over there. So that's right. not a good sign when John Carmack says that you guys are going to fail because, you know, he's mm. kind of the, you know, this big super ding dong, the big, big swinging dick in the, in the world of, you know, that kind of thing. So Maybe you can get back to making more Quake games. At the library. First up, I got the audiobook for Nomad, the Nomad Trilogy, book one by Matthew Mather. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I found this. Did you recommend this one? 
um, I wouldn't say I recommended it. I've read a lot of the Matthew Mather books, and they are the prime example of shitter sci-fi. Thank God. Thank God I thought it was going crazy. Easy reads, quick, uh, painless, kind of, there's usually one good idea in there that is stretched out beyond belief, like taffy at a fucking fair, um, <laughs> but fine. Okay. I was expecting more. I didn't, I didn't realize that I, I had gotten a shitter sci-fi book because now it makes sense. It is a total yeah. shitter sci-fi. I'm like, this yeah, really does it, not have a lot of meat on the bone. As long as that's all you want from it, it they're fantastic. And he's a fantastic writer. If you're hoping to have your mind blown, uh, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely not that. I was just like, really? That's where you're going with this? Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll go back and have have another listen to it because I kind of went, I, I kind of just kind of zoned out for a lot of it because I was just kind of like bored because <laughs> it really wasn't yeah. that fantastic. Look, they're, they're completely forgettable books, but they passed the time. That's exactly what it was doing. I needed something to, to just, you know, go for a walk and have in the background because I wasn't really, I just wanted there something, you, you know, mind numbing that I, I basically wanted a voice talking at me. It was something new. I'm sure he would not be thrilled with being described that way as an author, but he does it brilliantly. Okay. Hey, man, he's making more money than we are, so good on him. <laughs> uh, I bought it, so there you go. Um, I also read Visual Thinking by Temple Grandin, which is, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's kind of the uh, the polar opposite of a Matthew Mather book. Right. So it's 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 a really interesting read. I don't I never really followed Temple Grandin very much, uh, except for a TED talk here and there. Um, are you familiar with her at all? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, have, have you read any of her previous books? No, I've never read anything. I'm just familiar with her and her story. Okay. Yeah. If you're if you're not into that kind of thing, this will probably be a very boring read. For me, it was you know for I I, I like the uh, was it neurodivergent books where people talk about people with different ways of thinking because I fall firmly in that yeah. category. <laughs> so oh, you think <laughs> I like to find my tribe wherever I can. Um, so yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a decent book. Uh, if you're into that, like I said, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, I give it a thumbs up. If you if you have no idea who Temple Grandin is or care about different types of thought patterns, you might want to skip it and go get Nomad, the <laughs> Nomad Trilogy book one by Matthew Mather. Or any of his other books. They're all kind of the same. Security? Ha! Welcome to Security ha! with Dave Bittner for the year 2023. Dave is the host of the Cyberware podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. Dave is also the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy and Control Loop, where they discuss ICS and OT. And it's been a couple of weeks since we talked, Dave. So what are the next seven shows that you have uh, signed up for? <laughs> yes, there. Believe me, there are conversations happening <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the new year upon us. <laughs> there are lots of ideas being tossed around. So. Uh, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. I, am so I will not say, surprised. you know, with, with with it being 2023, this is the time of the year when I send my editors an audio file of me just saying the word 2023 over and over again in every possible inflection. Oh, so when so I misspeak and in. say, <laughs> right. So when I misspeak and say 2022, they have it available. That's a, that's fairly smart. You're kind of a professional, I guess. <laughs> well, nice. I would say this is not my first rodeo. True. True that. True that. So how was your Christmas? Uh, Christmas was lovely. Um, had family over to the house. Uh, I think as a lot of our listeners probably know, I bought my parents' house. 
15 years ago or so. And so uh, that's home base for everybody. And nice. I have a brother and sister who live nearby and my father lives nearby. And so everybody comes to our house for Christmas morning along with my two boys and um, my oldest son's girlfriend, uh, my wife, of course. And uh, so we have we have a good time. It's a regular Waltons over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're we're uh, you know making our way through. Uh, we I call it the year of firsts since my mom passed. You know, it's a year of first Thanksgiving, first Christmas, first you know. So every every one of those is a, there's a little bit of tug at your heartstrings uh, mm. because there's someone not there. But um, we did well. We had a good time, and um, I think it was a it was a nice break. You know, Cyberwire shuts down between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, it's a welcome opportunity to kind of relax and recharge your batteries and think about what you're going to do in the coming year. So that was much appreciated. Excellent. Um, so I'm feeling, feeling good. How about you? I hate Christmas. I hate New Year's. Aww. I hate time <laughs> off. I, I like to keep working. I, I, yeah. Time off is, does not do well with me at all. So it's been, it's been a trying time. Like, I'm so happy Are to you... be back to work. <laughs> Are you familiar with the song that uh, Oscar the Grouch sings on Christmas Eve on Sesame Street called I Hate Christmas? Uh, long, long ago. It, it, it doesn't really <laughs> okay. ring a bell now, but I, I can't – I couldn't hum the tune, but I, I, I do vaguely remember it. Yeah. Well, look, I'm sure it's on YouTube. It's worth a look. Uh, we'll look it up. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Christmas, Brian is not here with us right now because he is in California. Specifically, he is at Disney today. So, Oh. Yeah. Well. La di da. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, good for him. His yeah. old stomping ground. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. There's no more Captain EO, though, to lure uh, unsuspecting tourists uh, for little smoochy <laughs> sessions. So I, <laughs> I'll have to make do, I suppose. Uh, considering he's probably there with his wife and child, I'm guessing the, 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 there will be no sneaking off to the Wedway people maker with uh, Let's random hope. tourists. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. Well, good for him. That's a good time. Yeah, I'm sure he's taking advantage of all of all of the Star Wars goodness that it has to offer. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I'll be I'll be interested to uh, to hear back from him on that. We've got a trip planned in early March. We're going down to Disney World, mm. and that'll be my first time with all the new Star Wars stuff. So, looking forward to that. Well, look at you, kids, getting all Star Warsy and stuff. <laughs> so it's pent up demand. Believe me. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. I got to say though, I did find the honest trailer for Andor while we were on break, and I threw it in the show notes. Did you get a chance to watch it? I did. I it thought was it really was pretty good. spot on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was spot on. Yeah, yeah. So that, that uh, link will be in the show notes. I highly recommend anybody who's seen Andor go watch it because it, it is it is right on the nose, right on mm-hmm. the nose. It is the star. It is the Star Wars for us old people now. That's right. That's right. Right before the Christmas holidays. Uh, I bought myself a $50 piano on Craigslist for the mm. office. Um, every now and then I go on Craigslist and I look through the musical instruments section uh, and up popped this Yamaha digital piano. It's a YPG 625, which is, you know, older model, mid 2000s uh, Yamaha digital piano, sort of a pro prosumer kind of thing. It's not the kind of thing a pro would take on a gig, but it's also not a toy. Um, it's got weighted keys and all that kind of stuff. So uh, popped up on Craigslist for 50 bucks. It has some problems, but none that are 
None that keep it from being just something you can sit down on and play piano and have it sound like a piano, which is really what I wanted. Uh, so now I have this piano at the office and I have to say I'm loving it. I am yeah. totally loving it. Just to be able – for me, um, I'm, and I am by no means a, a good piano player, but I find it very relaxing to sit down and play the piano. I have a piano at home and uh, so having a piano here at the office, I can just turn to the piano and um, just helps clear my head and I find that very nice. So uh, 50 bucks well spent on myself right before the holidays. Hopefully I'll get some uh, pleasure out of that in the coming year. That's cool. That's cool. I actually had that exact same keyboard for a while that my brother gave me when I moved to California. Lugged that thing around for years until I finally got rid of it at a garage sale. Okay. Uh, Very nice. But ironically – Did you get more than 50 bucks for it? uh, Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Um, And it had the the full stand and everything. It was in mint condition too. Oh, wow. uh, Okay. This one's got a few miles on it. (laughs) Yeah, my brother's was played fairly well, and then I I was trying to learn, so I got the stickers for the keys, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, that didn't help. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I got that Lumi keys, one that took forever to get that I have here at the office now. It's a little portable keyboard with lighted keys that you can learn to play with your iPad. So it's like it's like right. a Rock Band, you know, to learn how to play. Yeah, that yeah. didn't work either. Um, so <laughs> so then when I bought this couch uh, that I have here in the office, I was I bought it at a garage sale, and they had a twenty dollar Yamaha keyboard there that I'm like, well, maybe somebody else would like to play at the office. So I bought that, and nobody wants to play the uh, the keyboard at the office. So that is just taking up space that. I'm I'm going to have to get rid of it the next garage sale. So, oh wow! Oh, oh, so yeah, I could I could have hooked you up, man. I had plenty of them <laughs> over the years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a sucker for a good digital piano, and uh, so this is fun. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm not terribly good, but it makes me feel good to do it and helps me relax. So it's all that matters, man. That's yep. all that matters. So yep. we we do have a Christmas present for you that's on the way still. It has been on the way for over a month now, it seems. Oh, my. So, <laughs> it's on a slow boat from somewhere. <laughs> it is, actually, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, hopefully by next episode, we'll be able to discuss it because it has it has cleared the, cleared the borders and is oh. en route. So it should be there hopefully early next week. <laughs> so. All right. I'll look forward to that. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you. At this, at this point, we were figuring it would be for next Christmas. <laughs> Right, taking right. so damn long, yeah. but uh, yeah, we will discuss that next week. It is not a keyboard, thank God. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Turns out, <laughs> turns out, yes. Yeah. So it's funny. I was uh, we did the first part of the show on Wednesday because Brian had to go do his you know his Disney thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I got this uh, Shure MV7 microphone which is supposed to be like the SM7B for all you microphone nerds out there. Right. That was a pretty decent microphone. I, you know, used it for for that first part of the show. So that's why it sounds a little different if you're hearing me now. Talk to Dave. Is that the USB version of the SM7B, the, the yes, podcasty one? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I fired that puppy up. Oh, man, was that a waste of money. <laughs> really? It's like 250 bucks, and it is – not great, sadly. So I'm I'm trying to fix the audio from the the beginning of the show. But uh, what do you not like about it? It is echoey and about as plosive as you can get, which oh. is a real bummer. And I've you know I've got pretty good mic technique, so right. the fact that I'm popping plosives on it is pretty bad. Hmm. You know, 
Uh, so I just I brought that up because since you know we're we're audio guys and we're talking about the the pianos, thought maybe somebody right. in the the audience. I've actually recommended that microphone to a couple of people and they've gotten it to work well. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm just I don't know. I'm bad at USB, I guess. No, I don't know. I think you, I think you got to find the right mic for you. And and microphones are like any like I think microphones are like musical instruments. And you know you have to find the right violin or the right guitar or the right piano for you, the one that fits your style. And just because somebody says a microphone is great and works great for them, that doesn't mean it's going to be the one for you. So absolutely, yeah. I've got a I've got a case of microphones here that I've tried over the years. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I got Sennheisers to Neumanns to Schurz to you name it. I got it in there. And uh, I just keep coming back to my old tried and true RE20, my Electrovoice mm-hmm. RE20. It is the it doesn't have that cool proximity effect that most dynamic mics have, but that's OK. I can deal with mm. that. <laughs> what is your take on the Neumanns? Like I, I think my I, I've used them before, but I can't say I've used them extensively, but they certainly have a lot of mystique about them. I think largely because they're so dang expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, is it is it worth it? Is it like most audiophile things where the, you know, the last 10 percent is 90 percent of the, the cost? Kind of, kind of. I, it, the problem I've had with them is you have to be in a studio. You cannot use mm. that thing from your house. Uh, unless and it, it comes back to the same thing as uh, – the Blue Yeti, when I when I tell new podcasters to never buy the Blue Yeti, uh, they do sound great if you are in an underground bunker with no sound anywhere else. But otherwise, if you want to hear the dog fart three houses down, that's the microphone for you. Right. You know? Right. Uh, the yeah. Neumanns are exactly the same. And it, it just comes back to having, you know, condenser mics because they mm-hmm. are very sensitive. It does sound beautiful when it works. I did do the show with it for a while. I got the I got the cheapest Neumann you can get. Okay. It was like the TLS 102 or something like that. And uh, it does sound fantastic, but it is finicky as hell, and you can just hear everything that's going on around you. So right, um, but that's uh, a really good point. I think that that it's not just the the raw quality of a microphone that it it's it's also the degree to which it is forgiving in your yes. environment. Yeah, because like uh, we both use, I believe, dynamic mics. Oh wait, no, you're in a condenser, aren't you? No, actually, um, we just got uh, uh, SM7Bs for in the studio for the new year. We just switched oh, over. I could have sold you those too. I just sold all four of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yep. Got and rid you of all of them. Dropped me a line, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, last time I dropped you a line, I, I, I sent you a few toys. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh no, I believe me. I'm 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 grateful. <laughs> yeah. No, they they've just been sitting here because everything else in the office here is. Uh, uh, I've got black RE20s for the studio because they look cool and they sound great yeah. and they are forgiving yeah. because the, you know, the pickup pattern is pretty nice. They, right. you know, it's really hard to screw up on them, which is why it's good for me. <laughs> so it's right. perfect. Right, right. Especially, yeah, I mean, if you find yourself sort of one man banding it, even from, even from an engineering point of view, to have a forgiving mic like that can be the difference between a good day or a bad day. Yep, absolutely. And uh, that was what I found with the Neumann when I was doing the show with it is that uh, I would spend more time in post than it was worth. So, ah, yeah, it was just like, oh, man, do I, do I really need it? Literally, I could hear a leaf blower from down the block and it would pick it up. <laughs> wow. It's like, oh, I mean, it does it does sound great. But by the time you filter out everything else, you're back to sounding like you're on a cheap mic and it's like not worth it. So mm-hmm. you need you have to you have to have a fifteen thousand dollar audio booth before you can buy the two thousand dollar microphone. That's kind of the rule of thumb, I think. 
Mm. But that's practical. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but if you can, yes. more power to you. <laughs> if you if you have the means. <laughs> that's right. It's some, certainly something to aspire to. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, going back to Star Wars for a second, though, I did see that season two of The Bad Batch is out. Are you a bad batcher? No. Um, I started with The Bad Batch, got a few episodes in and, and just kind of lost interest. Okay. Yeah, I made it about 10 minutes into the first episode and lost okay. interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just it didn't stick. It was – I didn't hate it, but it didn't have enough to keep me going. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, enough uh, microphone and Star Wars talk because I'm sure people are falling asleep at this point. Uh. Uh, I did see that uh, LastPass had a really bad Christmas and got yes. completely breached and uh, – uh, basically fisted by by some hackers, which <laughs> it's about think, the only way yeah. you can put it because they everything was stolen. Literally everything was stolen. I think we did manage to find a different way to put it in the CyberWire, but yes, uh, that that is uh, it is not an inaccurate uh, description of what <laughs> happened. So um, you want me to dig into it from my understanding? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we can we can riff on it a bit because it's. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious your take on it because I'm sure that you guys uh, have a little more nuanced <laughs> approach. Well, to it. so as every, I think, as most people know, LastPass is one of the big names in password managers up there with One Password, and you know, there's a bunch of them, but there's a, a handful of them who are sort of the top tier, and LastPass uh, is or was one of them. Um, and so it's a basic password manager. So the bad guys got in and they stole people's vaults, which is where all of your passwords are kept. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, no problem. That vault is encrypted. And that is true. Yep. Mostly. Um, <laughs> the, the key is, is that your vault is encrypted using your master password as the key generator for your vault. So uh, if you have a long, complex master password and you are not reusing it anywhere else, chances are you're in pretty good shape because the only way for them to come at you is to brute force your passwords or to brute force uh, your key based on that. And odds are you're not low-hanging fruit when it comes to that. Uh, if, however, you have mm -hmm. reused your master password or it is a short password or a simple password, I would say go in and for anything that's important to you, change those passwords. I see people saying do that anyway. Um, it's not a bad idea, uh, but I, I don't know that it's critical that you do that if you have a good master password that you have not reused. Um, I was talking to someone earlier this week who surveys professionals and consumers on this sort of thing. And since their breach, LastPass dropped from number one to number four in being uh, password providers according to this uh, survey that these folks put out. So, you know, these breaches have an impact on people's business. I think LastPass is also getting dinged for some of the ways that they've handled this. Oh, you kind think? <laughs> yeah. Putting this, it out uh, right before yeah. the holidays and, um, you know, not getting the information out there. And also the CEO saying, hey, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we do our part, but uh, it's your responsibility to have good password hygiene. It's like, um, well, it's your responsibility to have good security. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. 
You know, <laughs> we pay you to do your job. So do your job. You know, that was that, that's kind of a that was like, you know, uh, kissing a slap right there. Yeah. And I think a password manager should be able to protect you from yourself. So yep. in other words, the the strength of the encryption of my password vault in my mind should not be dependent on the strength of my master password. Those shouldn't be tethered together. It, the, my, my vault should be strong encrypted no matter what. But uh, that's not how they chose to do it evidently. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that they've gone down to fourth. I'm surprised they're even on the list anymore uh, mm-hmm. after that. I still, you know, we stand by one password here at GOG. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I I don't believe they've ever had any kind of major breach that I've ever heard of uh, unless I missed it, which I don't think I would because I follow them pretty, pretty thoroughly. Have you ever heard of them being breached for anything? I don't think so. No, nothing comes to mind. I would say... It's easy – because LastPass has handled this in such a poor way, it's easy to kind of crow about them and, and use them as an example and they, to a degree, they certainly deserve it. But at the same time, um, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, uh, well, this wouldn't happen at the other password manager companies because this could happen to anybody because right. we don't know what's under the hood at anyone else's play. And and they don't know what their own weaknesses are quite often, right? I mean, everybody yeah. everybody goes into this in good faith with all the best intentions. So obviously, you know, LastPass didn't mean to do this. Did they came up short on some of their security things for sure. And, uh, you know, they're getting um, held over the barrel because of it. And again, deservedly so. But uh, I just say let's be careful before we tut-tut on one company and say, well, that would never happen with this company because – you don't know. It could happen to anybody and there's plenty of people out there, security professionals, who's, who would say it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. True, true. Because this does come down, I believe, to a uh, an employee giving access to the, the hackers. So, mm. you know, it's, it, it comes down to, you know, your people are always going to be one of the biggest weaknesses for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But yeah, absolutely. if you use LastPass, I would change anything that you had in LastPass, starting with the most important stuff first and working your way down. And hopefully you at least do use, you know, different passwords on every single site. You don't reuse any passwords. So. Right, right. If something's important to you, Use multi-factor authentication. Get yourself a YubiKey. Like anything that has to do with money or anything that has financial value to you, have some kind of secondary verification. And you know, uh, Google put out their research oh probably about a year ago that when they add uh, a YubiKey to someone's email address, bad guys don't get in. Period. It's not right. like ninety percent. It's like at all. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yep. so that's. That's the best thing you can do. If it's important to you, put some kind of hardware verification behind it. Don't rely on a username and password. And it's not hard to do anymore. No, it's not. It's not. That reminds me. I should probably do that for some of them too. <laughs> yeah. That's, you Never know, too late. No, we always get a little complacent, all of us at some point or another. That's why I do like uh, in some of the password managers, they do tell you when you've reused passwords and when right. passwords are weak. You know, you can just sit there and spend a couple hours on a Saturday and go through and just shore up your defenses for shizzle. But this, this isn't yeah. also this isn't the first time LastPass has had problems. So I think it's easier to bang on them because this is not their first rodeo when it comes to, you know, breaches of some form or another. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. It's a legit. Yeah, they've uh, 
They've taken it on the chin a couple times. Well, to lighten things up a little bit, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but the DEA has put out their emoji drug code decoded uh, PDF, which (laughs) gives you all of the different types of emojis that your kids might be using to buy the – by the marijuanas and things like that online. Uh, did you get a chance to look at this? Yes, and I'm looking at it right now. And as a parent, yes, <laughs> of, te- of of a teenage boy and another boy who's older, who's in his young, uh, you know, early twenties, um, I, I don't find this useful to me at all. No, right? <laughs> it's not. It's not <laughs> like, useful at all. <laughs> I mean. Universal kind of for reminds drugs me, is Canada. You, they, they use the emoji for Canada. The maple be, leaf. Yeah. Yes, a maple yeah. leaf to be universal for drugs. Uh, what if you're a Canadian? Or a you're just always fan. Yeah, are you just always stoned <laughs> or looking for right. some molly? Or I don't know. This reminds me of – did you ever hear – there's a great clip of, of Casey Kasem from American Top 40 – uh, back in the day when rap music was first starting to become a thing and Casey explains and defines what all of the, the cool terms are are in rap. Oh, no, I didn't. And we'll have to dig it up and, and uh, find yeah. it for you. But it's like uh, – and in rap music, bad means good. You know, it's that kind of a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's hilarious in hindsight. But, um, you know, I mean I guess the DEA is – is doing their best here. They're they're trying. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't go through my kids' text messages, and that's a choice. Um, I feel like my kids deserve to have a certain amount of agency. I guess if I thought there was a problem, maybe mm-hmm. I would start looking around for things. But um, I, I guess – what are you going to do with this? How how is this actionable? You know, oh, I found a maple leaf on my kids texting emojis. You know, I guess you follow up, you make check in, make sure everything's okay. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of silly, I guess. On the one hand, I think it's silly. On the other hand, I can see how for some people it might be the beginning of a useful conversation. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I just like they say they have a disclaimer. It says these emojis reflect common examples found in DEA investigations. This list is not all inclusive and the images above are a representative sample. So, mm. I mean, this comes from their actual investigations, which I think is kind of interesting. But right. Um, so it's data driven. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I do yeah. like that. Uh, the you know, the code for mushrooms is a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> Not really trying to to hide that one. Hard to crack that code. Yeah, (laughs) boy, that's really – yeah. It's a a little astrology, right? It's a little like you can find whatever you want in these emojis. True. Um, Yes. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. It it, it gave me a little chuckle, a little bit Mm -hmm. of a chuckle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I put a clip in here uh, for your enjoyment and it's somebody – uh, trying out one of the new AI tools uh, from Adobe with their podcast app, their podcast. I guess they're calling it's a platform, right? I guess. Kind of, yeah, yeah. They're 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 putting out tools uh, here and there. Uh, they've got like a, a voice enhancer. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got uh, basically kind of a thing that's like uh, what we use Riverside right now when we're doing doing our uh, our shows. Right. They're, they're bringing things out. There, it's slowly they're coming out. Um, 
Uh, it's, yeah, it's called Adobe Podcast now. It used to be called Project Shasta. Right. Great. <laughs> so, I loved me a Shasta back in the day. Yeah, yeah. When 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 you couldn't afford Coke or Pepsi, uh, or Shasta. <laughs> um, so this is a video from someone who's trying out one of their AI-enhanced uh, audio tools. And what it made me think of was, you know, back in the day when I was, you know, back in the beta cam days and broadcast TV and all that kind of stuff, we used to wonder about the notion of having Zoom microphones the way we have Zoom lenses. Mm-hmm. Could you – and obviously we have shotgun mics, those sorts of things. But those help, but it's not the same as having a 20x Zoom lens where somebody could be 40 feet away and you could have a close-up of their face or, or even look, you know, a, a pro football game where somebody can be, you know, in the other end zone and they have a 100x lens where they can zoom in on the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, This kind of – this demo shows that with this AI tech in the right circumstances – and we'll talk about that in a second. This is kind of like a Zoom microphone and what this guy is doing is he's just talking into a mic, a camera-mounted mic and every couple seconds he backs up some and he backs up some and he backs up some. And when this tech is enabled, he always sounds on mic, even like 40 feet away. He sounds on mic. Wow. Okay, I'll definitely give that a give that a check out because uh, yeah. any, anything to make this job easier, I'm down with. Exactly. Now here's where it won't work. In in this example, this guy is standing by himself in an open field. Um, so not only is it making him sound on mic, but it's also filtering out atmospheric sound, birds. He talks about there are some cars driving by. You don't hear any of that stuff. Wow. But where I suspect this would be useless would be. In a crowd of people. So in other words, if you wanted to have a shot of somebody walking through a crowd of people as they're talking to you, this would be useless for that because the AI wouldn't be able to know whose conversation am I trying to pull out here. But if you just have a shred of audio, it seems as though this will take that and just make it sound like the person's wearing a lav. Well, isotopes going out of business. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it really is amazing, isn't it? I mean, some of these tools. Uh, I I, w- I guess it, I can't say I didn't imagine them coming, but now that they're here, it's really impressive. I find myself uh, with my jaw on the floor at how good they can be. They exceed my expectations sometimes. Sometimes they're they're crap and they don't work well at all and you think, well, that they can't use that. But every now and then one comes along. There's um there's one built into Descript that's quite good. Uh if you have somebody in an echoey room or something like that or someone who's slightly off mic, you just click a button and bam, they sound like they're in a studio on mic. And I don't think there's I don't think there's any shame in using these tools as you said. I think you know, there are folks out there who think, well, I'm an audio engineer and I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. No, I don't have time for that. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. <laughs> like life's too short. If I could have a one-button solution and it sounds good, then heck yeah, I'm going to use that. I mean I've spent the last 10 years of my life learning how to do exactly what you can do with one click of a button right now, which is annoying. But it's also <laughs> right, like – Yes, there you yeah. go. 
You know, there it you is go. annoying, but I would like to, you know, maybe do other things. So I'm fine with it now. It's like, yeah, I'll do something else. So now I read audiobooks, but now Apple has come out with AI read audiobooks. So now I got to find something else to do. It's like, damn I saw it. That. Yeah, I saw that this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Believe me, that's on my radar. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do for a living. <laughs> all of, yeah, I, you know, all already, of these AI voices are, it's, you know, you yeah. train them for a little bit and it's like pretty damn good. Well, I just, I mentioned Descript, which is, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's a audio editing tool. You load audio into it, it transcribes it, and you can edit your audio as if you were in a word processor. Uh, and, you know, it works better at some things than other things. But one of the things you can do is train it on your voice. So that, for example, if my audio editors need to replace a word that I misspoke, they don't need me to do that. They can just put the word in and Descript has been trained enough on my voice that it'll put in a passing – a smoke and mirrors version of my voice that in real time and passing, nobody would ever know it wasn't actually me for a word or two. And this is just to let the audience know, Dave's not actually here today. I wrote this whole thing myself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Actually, Jason hasn't been let out of that padded room in over a decade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's just been banging away on AI technology <laughs> to keep himself company. Dave or Brian does not exist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just have me you ever seen time. us in the same room? No, you have not. You have not. No, but now, um, now I can use the AI uh, – image tools to create a, a nice panorama of all of us in the same room with 35 yeah, fingers go. each, of course. Sure, sure. Uh, this last link I put in here was something that I put in because it made me chuckle. It amused me. And I also have a love of subversive humor. And this is exactly that. It's a, it's a, a Chrome plugin called Butter. And it's a URL cleaner. And, uh, you know, we could all – URL cleaners are handy because uh, anybody who's been spending time in your browser knows that when you're searching around and trying to share something from a news organization, there's always all kinds of uh, UTM codes or tracking info and all that kind of stuff that goes on the tail end of a URL. Uh, and there are lots of tools that strip that off for sharing. This particular tool strips it off but it replaces it all with the word but. Love it. Yeah. Love it. That's all. Just but. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the person says, why, why buts? <laughs> and he says, imagine a dark, smoky room filled with marketers. They've been up for days working on their latest campaign and are finally seeing the results in real time. One of them points at the screen and another nods positively before taking a long drag off their cigarette before rolling their chair closer to a nearby printer that is constantly printing. The marketer does a double take, then drops their cigarette to the floor. They rip a sheet from the printer and bring it closer to their sweaty face. You guys, they say, why does this UTM code say butts? Doesn't that sound fun? I thought so. That's <laughs> there, and there is the the um, the subversive side. I just love the people scratching their heads and saying, "Why are all of our URLs coming back with butts?" Nice. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to install it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me I have too. a I have a URL cleaner that I already use, but that one is now uh, going to the dustbin. Uh, <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, Happy New Year. And New uh, Year. I look forward to uh, having Brian join us next time. And he'll have to uh, tell us all about his experience at uh, Disneyland. I'm jealous that he's there and, and I'm not. But I am hope he's having a good time and he's uh, having good weather there. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Alistair, Leica, and Thomas. 
Thank you very much. All right. I'm going to need a big breath for this one over at PayPal. Over the last two weeks, we've collected quite a few. So thank you to all of you, including, but not limited to, Ramsey, Tom, Andrew, Brian, Mike, Andrew, another one, John, Humphrey, Matthew, Tom, Mark, Charlie, Simon, Nikolai, Jonathan, Judge, Matt, David, Nicola, Joseph, John, John, Andre, Thomas, David D., Elaine, Vincent with a big 100 buck donation, Eric with another 100 buck donation, and Kendall with, I think... Our highest donation we've ever had, 150 bucks in one go. I'm uh, pretty sure we got a bigger one than that at one point. Oh, you know what? We You're got a thousand dollars at one. some point. Didn't we? Pretty, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got to step your it up, game up, people. Come on. Come on. Yeah. We got that thousand dollar donation <laughs> that one day. That was pretty impressive. Uh, over at the tip jar, we've got Karen, Linda, Daryl, Ross, Nick, Ashley, Adam, Daniel, Mario, and Matthew. Thank you all very much. And Brian, I will have you note. That I did not put those in alphabetical order for you just because you got butthurt last time. So you're welcome. Merry Christmas. I don't, I don't want them. I don't <laughs> want them in alphabetical order. I'll do my sections yeah. in alphabetical order because I, I enjoy it. You do you. I'll look, do me. You do you, neurodivergent fool. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Must be in alphabetical order or else I cannot read them. <laughs> and we have a new five-star review from Nui. Top show even all the way down in Australia. Been listening to the show for many years. It's always great. During my 45-minute drive to work, GOG is always something at the top of my playlist. Keep things just the way they are. Well, we shall. We because shall. if it's broke, we don't feel like fixing it. No, we don't. Even if it is broke, we still, yeah, we just said forget it. Even if it works, we'll probably <laughs> try and break it somehow. You know, that's how we roll. <laughs> yep. Oh, and uh, yes, RIP to Pele. I, I was amazed that I got this one in here before you, but I do remember I, Pele you from the, me to it, but yeah, I, I do remember watching Pele yeah. in the old days when I was a kid and he was the superstar in the Wheaties box. So 82. Yeah, yeah. Good Fantastic. Run. Uh, the, the original goat, no doubt about it. Uh, best player of all time. Uh, probably the, one of the best athletes of all time. Unbelievable. And uh, a great guy too, by all accounts. So uh, sad to see him go, but he made it through one last world cup. Good yep. For him. Good run. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmist. And I'm Jason DeFilippo, a very tired neurodivergent Jason DeFilippo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 583. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel. If you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans, since Discord is the main social network for now. <laughs> Except for what he sends me, reels on Instagram. Oh, hey, man, I'll stop if you don't like them. I thought they were pretty funny. <laughs> they are funny. It's just all of a sudden, the guy that got off social media is sending me DMs on Instagram all the time. There you go. You got you to gotta have an outlet somewhere. Come on. <laughs> you, you can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. We haven't had any questions in a long time that were decent. So come on, bring them on. Uh, and if you're so inclined to please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy in 2023.